She is defiant. She is a rule breaker. She is a revolutionary because she is who she is. She's a punk. Well, I cannot believe it. The first year of She's a Punk is over. And it's so hard to wrap my mind around the idea that I made 24 episodes of this thing. You know, and I've laughed. I have learned a lot. I cried a little bit, which is a little uncomfortable for me, but we are closer for it. You know, this podcast nearly drove me into the ground. I'm going to be honest with you. But I really wouldn't have changed a thing. I have made so many friends and connections through this process. And sometimes it still blows my mind that people even want to listen to this thing. And I'm not being modest here. Like, you got to remember that I make this podcast in my apartment. And sometimes on the train. And other times I make it when I'm at work when nobody's looking and I can't get in trouble. But that is how I get this thing done. And every minute of it is worth it because I believe so deeply in keeping us all connected and telling our stories. And look, I said that I was going to take some time off and I still ended up putting out one extra episode. But, can you blame me? I really wanted an opportunity to look back on 2019 with some of our absolute favorite clips of the year. So grab a beer or a water or a joint or just put on your favorite sweatpants. However, you like to relax because we're digging in to the very first season of She's a Punk. First up, we have Tally Osborne, our self-proclaimed punk rock optimist, a title that she absolutely deserves. Now, for this interview, I actually drove over to Tally's house. It turns out she lives literally down the street from me. We're both pretty surprised by this, and her home really feels like her. You know, it's like warm, and it's small, and it's very, very unique. And I can't really explain it, but when I met Tally, she immediately felt like an old friend. She is such an inspiring person. And if you need to pick me up, this is the episode that you need to go back and listen to. Here is Tally Osborne. Do you have any advice to young women specifically who feel like they struggle with fitting in? Totally. My advice is you will find those people who are your people. Don't give up who you are to try and fit in because who you are is who you are embrace it you know don't just be casual about it or just like oh you know whatever embrace it let your differences sparkle because you should stand out you should let the world know who you are because you're going to attract those like-minded people you don't want to pretend to be someone else and then attract those people and they're not even who you are that's not who you are. Mm. So you're attracting people that aren't even like-minded. Be who you are, and you will attract those like-minded people. It may take a while, because life is hard. Yeah. And you know what? Nobody told me that. Nobody told me how life, how hard life is. It's hard. Yeah. It gets harder. Yeah. It gets harder every day. Like, <laughs> you know, you lose people yes. as you get older. It's like, death is hard, and you lose cats. Mm. It's like... But you just got to keep going. And we're so, I'm so happy to be alive every day. Do you still feel like a punk? 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, more than ever. I think it's funny when people come up to me, oh, I used to listen to punk. Oh, I used to listen, I used to listen to no effects. I'm like, I still do. I still go to shows and I still listen to punk all the time. And I feel like a punk in my soul and in my heart. You know, I'm still like 
badass and I do my thing and I'm I think I'm more more than a punk than I ever was before. This year, I was fortunate enough to speak to Becky Reck. She is currently the drummer of queer core band Dirty Cakes and the former drummer of the Luna Chicks. And dude, Becky is hilarious. She's such an entertaining person to speak with. I laughed the entire time we spoke. But getting down to the serious stuff, I asked Becky what it was like to come out of the closet when she was young and if she had any advice for others who were about to do the same thing. Here is Becky Reck. So then, Becky, let me ask you this, um, because a uh, the, uh, big theme in what we've been talking about is uh, kind of representation and, and, and stuff like that. Do you have any advice for a young woman who wants to come out? Um, how young? <laughs> no, I don't. I, you, you just got to be true to yourself. At the end of the day you know you you have to do what's right for you but we're talking if you it's important you know when i asked you what age because i came out and i was like in junior you know i mean a, in senior a senior in high school so i was 17 okay. and my mom still sent me to see a psychiatrist granted that was like 1981 but i i, I hear that they that people still do shit like that so um I think you just have to be aware of your surroundings. I think you need to come out if you if you feel like you need to, you should. And I don't, I can't tell you how. Your closest friends first, run it by them, people that you trust, so you can get feedback. Because a lot of people come out and they get kicked out of their homes. They have nowhere to live. Yeah. So I, I don't want to advocate. You got to feel it out. You really just have to feel it out. Because I wouldn't want that to happen to anyone. There's certain, you know, and. You know, I mean, I I lived true to myself without coming out to everybody when I was really young. Um, I, you know, it's it's a hard question for me to answer. I, I think people have to be true to themselves, but I also think there's a lot wrong with people that are like under 18 that come out and could be at risk of like being kicked out of their home. Like that's serious mm -hmm. fucking shit. Right. You know, I, I, I get that. So, okay. This is my last question. This is how I finish all of my interviews is, do you still feel like a punk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because to me, and a lot of my friends are like, oh, anybody calling themselves a punk at our age is a loser. And I'm like, I'm not a fucking loser. Well, maybe I am on on whatever society. But, but as far as like, I think it's just a mindset. To me, punk rock just is an attitude. And the attitude is... I'm not gonna do it because someone said I'm good at it. I'm gonna do it because I have to do it. So I don't play drums because I think I'm great or really good at it. I play drums because I have to play drums because if I don't play drums, part of me is not alive. In the first season of She's a Punk, I've had Hannah McFall on not once, but twice on the show. She is one half of the punk rock breastfeeding shirt company called And Out Come the Boobs. And she's also just a badass parent, partner, and person. Hannah spoke to me about maintaining your identity once you become a mother. And honestly, this episode kind of acted like a how-to guide for being yourself at all costs. At the time when I did this interview, two of my girlfriends were pregnant for the first time in our friend group. 
And I had so many questions on how I should support them and what I could do to maintain normalcy in their lives. You know, these were women who used to go out and drink until 3 o'clock in the morning and were going to shows all the time. Hannah laid this on me perfectly. If you're becoming a mother, or somebody in your life is about to become a mother, you should definitely go back and listen to this episode. This is Hannah McFall. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like you answered this already. Um... Probably several times over, but if you have any sort of definitive advice that you would give to, you know, a brand new punk rock mom, what would that be? A, a woman who is trying to maintain identity and still wants to work and still wants to go to shows and is so passionate about being a mom, what would that be? I think my ultimate advice always is kind of learn how, learn to lean on your community, learn to, learn to build your tribe, um, learn to ask for help when you need it i think that as a as a scene and as a community you know we are incredibly innovative peoples you know us punks we are um problem solvers i think a lot of the time i think we are caring and empathetic and i think that as a new parent all those are all qualities of things that you need in friends i think if you have a friend in your group who's a brand new mum like the best thing you can do is is care for them you know go take them food go walk their dog go um send them links to new records that they might not have seen because they don't have the time to like be scrolling through the same way that they used to um if you're going to send links to documentaries make sure they've got closed captions or subtitling on because of quite time when you're breastfeeding at 4 a.m and you want to watch something on youtube you can't have the sound on because you're going to wake up the whole house so like yeah watch some cool documentaries it's got to be able to be read as well <laughs> um, and obviously buy one of our shirts if the person is playing to breastfeed that goes without yes <laughs> of course <laughs> but no i mean i think genuinely don't stop inviting people to stuff you know make sure they know about shows make sure they know what other stuff is going on and try and be an influence in their kids life you know if they want you to be um yeah lean on your community that's my that's, that's my take very away. good advice both to me as the support system to a currently pregnant friend and and to her so that's so so valuable so this is my last question which i already know the answer to but i end every single interview like this do you still feel like a punk and there's not a minute of a day that I don't feel like one. Um, it's so ingrained in who I am and the way that I live my life and the way that my family lives their lives, both my family back in the UK and my family here in Oakland, both my blood family and my chosen family, let's say too. Um, I can't imagine at any point abandoning, you know, my my love for the punk rock world and punk rock music. And, um, you know, my, my, I've got a massive Joe Strummer tattoo on this arm. So even if I do decide to... Um, walk away there's no getting away from it (laughs) (laughs) this brings us to the brilliant Jenny Wu when I spoke to Jenny she was living in Paris and it was 1am her time despite this she was totally present and very very generous with her time and honestly so so inspiring there is something about the way that Jenny communicates that makes her episode really one of my favorites I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to hers, not only because she's super rad, but also because there's so much to learn about oi music and skinhead culture. Like I said, Jenny's was one of my favorites, and if you don't go back and listen to this one, dude, I'm dude, I'm telling you, you're missing out. Here is Jenny Wu. So then let me ask you this. What advice would you give to a young woman who thinks that she's going to 
not just step into the OI scene, but wants to make music in that space, what advice would you give to a young woman? I would say um, that nobody has the right to tell you who you are or who you should be and what you're worth. You decide that. And making music is an act of war and it's an act of courage. And that in itself is something to be commended and something to be proud of. And there will be hard times for sure. But if you love what you do, the positive will always outshine the negative and you just must carry on. That's very good advice. Very, very good advice. So Jenny, this is the uh, question that I use to end every episode and everybody has their own very unique way of answering it. But do you still feel like a punk? Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. Well, I tried to explain punk to my mother as my religion, which is also copped from a rancid song. But it's true. It's, it's like a unwavering faith, spirit, connection, and feeling that is intangible and indescribable. Like if... If you ever really were punk, you always truly will be. And if you never were, you'll never understand. So absolutely. And for all the punk rockers out there, I'm sure you know what I mean. Shannon Knox was the very first interview I had ever done for She's a Punk. I had no idea what I was doing. And honestly, Shannon had no reason to say yes to me because as far as she was concerned, she was just being interviewed by some random chick in Canada for a show called She's a Punk that didn't even exist yet. She couldn't even Google me to find out what the hell it was I was doing. I loved speaking to Shannon. She has tough and tender energy. It is so fucking charming and sincere the entire way. She describes herself as a lifer and you know that she means it. Here is Shannon Knox. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about being tough, too, is that you can create a safe space for people if people... Like, my aggressiveness also comes from a place of wanting to protect other people. And I want people to know that if they're, like, in my fold, or, like, animals to know if they're in my fold, nothing's going to fuck with us so long as, like, I can do what I can, you know? I'm just, like, an ultimately, like, really protective person of my, my the things I care about. And so, yeah, like... I think that being a woman and growing up the way that I did and, you know, the things that I've been through has just made that have to be a thing. But yeah, I am a woman that loves other women and I really, really love that you're doing this podcast and bringing some voices out because I think you're going to experience, you're going to see like how much powerful women are traumatized and, and by society and how we really need to embrace that and talk about it more. If I didn't come into the punk scene as like not somebody's girlfriend not like you know I don't know if I wasn't just so much of myself and I was taken any less seriously than I was because it's so hard to exist in a male-dominated space when you get so much strange attention that you're not asking for your token token person you know um it it makes you not want to participate and yeah, so the more women and punk there are and the more we take care of each other and, like, make people feel like they're not a token and that they're really important and 
um, the more that um, I think we'll have we'll see more diversity in that scene, more women. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I was going to be able to be in a position to interview Alice Bag. It was absolutely surreal, but Alice was so down to earth, man. Like, not that I was expecting something else, but it always comes as a bit of a surprise anytime someone who has had such a huge impact on culture is like totally cool. Alice paints such a perfect picture of what the punk scene was like in the 70s in LA. This is easily one of the longest episodes of She's a Punk that I've ever done, and honestly, I don't think that I wanted to cut a minute of it. What you need to do is go back and listen to Alice Bag. So I think we can all be activists without having to necessarily, um, you know, I think, I think people think of activists in a very narrow way, and I think we can all be activists. A lot of times it's just a matter of like, saying to your coworker, hey, don't talk that way, or, or I, you know, that joke is offensive, or whatever. It's like very, it can be very personal. Activism can be all the little acts that you do with the people that you know. And I feel like in many ways, that's like the most effective way um, to, to put a face on um on the abstraction. I think the reason that we're able to treat each other so badly sometimes is because um, we're dehumanized. Like what's happening right now in, in our government is that like somebody's telling you that, that people of color are less worthy, that we're, you know, that we're outsiders, that we're not, that we're aliens, that we're not like you and that we're going to replace you. <laughs> And yeah. that cause, and that allows you to not see us as full human beings. All of a sudden, we're a threat. We're like, you know, we're other, and it makes it easy to to treat each other um, in a way that's less than human. Like, I I don't think people who are like separating, you know, parents from their children and and keeping children in cages could ever imagine doing that to another person that they feel that they know and that they that is like them. Let me just ask you, what advice would you give to a young woman who is entertaining the idea of starting the starting a band but perhaps is a little unsure, is a little uncertain? I would say um, there are there's no mistake but not trying. That's the only error you can make is not to not to dive in. Go ahead, dive in. What can happen? Nothing Nothing can happen. It's like the worst thing that can happen is that you learn a different way to do something. Um, it's, it's no cost. It's no risk. Go for it. That's very good advice. And so, Alice, I, I, I always end my interviews with this question every single time. And do you still feel like a punk? Hell yes. <laughs> Next, we have Nancy Burrell, the punk rock high school educator who we all wish was our homeroom teacher when we were in high school. I could listen to Nancy tell stories about her past and present all day. In fact, that's actually how I found her, through her writing online. 
I knew that I needed her to be on the show, and I was right. She has this way of speaking that is so motivating. She really makes you feel like change is possible in your life. It's no wonder that she is loved by so many of her students. I've actually bothered Nancy to be on the show twice now. Once in an episode that I did just about her, which I absolutely encourage you to go back and listen to. And once in a recent episode that I did about age. Check this out. Hi, I'm Nancy Burrell. I'm 60. And yes, deep down inside, I'm still a punk. In fact, as a high school teacher, I often wonder what kind of teacher I would have been without punk. To be quite honest, punks truly informed my practice. It's probably the single greatest factor to my success as a teacher. It's enabled me to connect with my students, especially those who feel marginalized or alienated. I have to say my punk rock values are still pretty strong. I still fight against racism, prejudice, and hatred of any kind. I still go to protest. I still fight for my urban, low-income, multicultural students. Punk rock taught me not to be manipulated for the sake of someone else's personal agenda, especially if I believe it will harm my students. Most importantly, and even at this age, and because of punk rock, I still question those who have the power. I refuse to blindly follow the directives of leaders who uh, attempt to compromise my integrity or the integrity of those I'm entrusted to help. I still get in trouble for speaking out and fighting for my students. I don't think that's ever going to change. Another important carryover from punk is that do-it-yourself work ethic I grew up with, the one that enabled me to do shows and write for fanzines and manage bands. Well, that's proven immensely valuable in gaining resources, knocking down walls, refusing to take no for an answer when it comes to my students. And then that sets a good example for the kids because then they begin to understand that there's more than one route to success and they should never take no for an answer when it comes to their own success. I'm really grateful to my punk experience. It's truly defined who I am. I'm the person I am today because of those experiences. And, you know, I think I'll always be grateful for that. Shauna Potter is a lead singer of War on Women and an author of the book Making Spaces Safer. I was so stoked to have the opportunity to have Shauna on the show. And this episode is really, really useful to go back and listen to, not only because Shauna is such an empowering person to listen to, but also because it is chock full of information about how to take charge of your life, how to deal with street harassment, and how to make sure that you feel safe in the places that you occupy. Definitely go back and listen to this one. Here is Shauna Potter. I think one of the most powerful things, again, is just letting fucking people of color on a stage, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I, I think it's important to um, have audiences that um, know what you're going through, that maybe look like you, right? Um, but it's also important to get in front of other audiences and share with them things about your struggles that you don't know. And so sometimes, you know, we play fest in October and there's going to be plenty of people in the audience, like women and queer folks and non-binary folks that are singing along to our shit that are just like, hell yeah. Like I, this is my issue. This is what I care about. And, and they need that. And that's fantastic. And then we also go into spaces with men that have no idea what I'm talking about. And, yeah. and win them over and let them know. And so I think that same thing can work uh, with people of color. Um, it's important for a band like us, if, if we actually get to book our own shows and can choose local bands, you know, we say, like, make sure there's someone of color 
in one of the bands. Make sure it's not a bunch of white, cis, able-bodied men. Like, that's how I started playing music. I saw a woman on TV with a guitar. I had no idea that women could play guitar until I saw one. Yep. And yeah. that set and me on I, this path I'm on now, you know? Shauna, I, I've taken a, literally 11 minutes more of your time than I promised, so let me just finish with my final question, which is how I end every episode, is do you still feel like a punk? <laughs> uh, if, we're, if we're not talking, like, traditional music genre, then yeah, I do. Yeah, it's however you want it. Yeah, if we're talking, like, an ethos, then yeah, I think I do. I was incredibly honored to have Zilla Minx of Rubella Ballet on the show this year. You know I love a good historical deep dive into any scene, and Zilla gave such a real perspective on the late 70s anarcho-punk scene in England. She spoke to me about growing up and playing with bands like Crass and Poison Girls, and this episode really paints the perfect portrait of what punk was like at that time. She is so honest, and she is so sweet and sincere. This is Zilla Minx. So let me just ask you this, Zilla. Do you still feel like a punk? Yes. Yeah. Um, because I think it goes back to the first question you asked me, which was how I became a punk. But it seemed to be an extension of myself. So I can only be an extension of myself, which seems to be 40 years of punk. It's more than 40 years, isn't it? So it's 1976, so it's like 43 years of punk or something, 44. So, yeah, I definitely think that... I'll always be a punk because for me, I, I, I helped create the idea of punk and what was behind it. So I'm happy to be a punk. All right. That is it for me. And that is it for season one. And that is it for 2019. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with me this year. And not just me, but all of the wonderful women that I was fortunate enough to interview. Now, there's a ton of folk that I did not mention in this episode, mostly because, honestly, I just didn't have the time. And what you should do is go back and listen. There are so many wonderful, wonderful episodes in the back catalog of She's a Punk. And honestly, I'm not bragging. That's just because these women were so inspiring. Trust me, go back and listen. And then you'll think to yourself, she was not lying. She was telling me the truth. And I am. So listen, I'm going to go... I'm going to build new episodes. I'm going to make documentaries. I'm going to continue to tell our stories. Because I'm on your side. And you and I, we are doing this together. Remember, if you want to buy She's a Punk merch, you absolutely can. Just go to she'sapunk.com. I got buttons. I got stickers. I got patches. We're making t-shirts, man. There's all sorts of shit for you to grab to rep the podcast. So by all means, absolutely do so. And you know that you can always DM me on Instagram. Ask anyone. I literally always message you back because it's my favorite thing to keep in touch with you. So make sure you do that. Don't forget about me. I'm coming back. I don't exactly know when, but it'll be really, really soon. And I'm going to have all brand new episodes of She's a Punk. I will see you in the new year. Trust your guts.